That wake up workout this morning on the People Station. It's Friday morning. Glad you're with us. Not long ago, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry and Police Chief Madeira Arredondo announced an overhaul of the Minneapolis Police Department's use of force policy. And uh, on with us now is Mayor Jacob Fry, and we're just wondering how that uh, new policy is being implemented. Are there fact parts of it in place now, Your Honor? Good morning. Good morning, Freddie and Chantel. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, uh, Chief Arredondo and I underwent a total overhaul of our use of force policy. Uh, you know, centering de-escalation first in everything that we do. De-escalation shouldn't be an afterthought. It should be the first thought every time an interaction is, is taking place. Uh, we made sure to ensure that the reporting structure, that the reporting requirements, where everything was logged. So, you know, if use of force had to be used, you got to log it right there in the report on an immediate basis. Uh, we also made sure that officers are required to consider all alternatives before resorting to deadly force. Um, you know, you're supposed to look at every single alternative. We went exactly as far as the, the state law would allow us to go. And, you know, uh, I, I think it can, can have some, some positive progress here as we get officers trained in under the new policy. Everybody, we're talking with Mayor Jacob Fry on a range of so- uh, topics this morning. Uh, we just started out with policies with the, the use of force. So with that uh, one you just mentioned, Mayor, uh, the different types of resistance that come about when an officer has to respond and consider the different types of restraints that they, they'll use. Uh, how does uh, how's the police department responding to that when they're saying, listen, you know, we're in the heat of the moment. Uh, I have to decide whether this is a, a passive resistance. I have to mm-hmm. decide whether or not I have to uh, put this person in physical restraints. How is that uh, being taken by the department itself? Well, keep in mind, we recognize there are still incidents that require use of force, sadly but truly. Uh, and that is recognized within the policy. But the first choice should not be to resort to some form of force, whether that's deadly or, or otherwise. That should be a last resort. The first resort should be de-escalation. The first re- resort should be trying to cool the situation down as much as possible, I see. Uh, whether that's verbally or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, we fully understand that, that some instances it requires a split-second decision, and, and yeah, it requires some form of, of use of force, whether that's a a hold, uh, or you know, ha- obviously handcuffing an individual that does take place. But but again, it, it shouldn't be the first step. Mm-hmm. So, Mayor, talk about the ban on shooting at moving vehicles. Uh, there's a new policy that bans officers from shooting at moving vehicles, obviously with limited exceptions. And can you talk about some of those certain circumstances? I can. Uh, so, as a general rule, shooting at a moving vehicle is not safe. I mean, just just consider this. E- even if you are successful in hitting the proper the location on the vehicle that you're hoping to hit, um, that vehicle may get sidetracked, uh, might go off the road and hit somebody else. Uh, that that's a negative result. And so, as a, as a general practice, shooting at a, at a moving vehicle, regardless of the circumstances, is not uh, should not be happening. Now, there are exigent circumstances. There are, there are incidents where someone might be using the car as a battering ram, might be going directly at an officer or at a member of the public. In those instances where the car itself is used as a weapon, yeah, we, we need to be able to, 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 to disarm the individual driving the car. 
uh, in a way that prevents them from causing some form of, of violence to others. Everybody, we're talking with Mayor Jacob Fry this morning. Last question about uh, police and deadly force and so forth. It's, it's, it's pretty tough when you have over 100 officers, your forces down, and you're also trying to add more money to bring up the police department, uh, its, its numbers. Uh, how is that working? How do you position those two factions when you have people leaving, but you're also trying to add to the force? Uh, you're right. It's been a difficult dynamic, especially over the last several months. And Chief Arredondo and I have been in touch every single day on this particular topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we've done is we've had to divert many divisions from within MPD to doing some of the more traditional 911 response work and investigative work. Uh, you know, and these are moving it away from kind of like community engagement teams and and divisions that I think do extraordinary work, but but right now these are serious times and serious times to call for serious measures. And, and one of those is, yeah, making sure that when people call 911, you get a response. Mm-hmm. That's important. And what about, uh, now we're shifting again, uh, you and uh, Vice uh, Chair of the City Council, Jenkins, have put together uh, an economic property development fund. And we talked about our commercial, I'm sorry, commercial property development fund. And I recall talking with you when you were over in North Minneapolis not long ago, a tool to help business development and and, uh, black, indigenous, and persons of colors and immigrant communities. Uh, Are the funds available now for those communities needing the restoration following the the unrest we had in our cities following the George Floyd murder? Yes, funds within the Commercial Property Development Fund are available now. Mm-hmm. However, the new allocations won't be available until once the budget is ultimately passed. So, you know, the purpose of this fund, just to be clear, is that as we see gains in value in real estate, the communities that made these corridors, these streets, these communities wonderful to begin with, don't get the boot because the rents got jacked up. Right. We want ownership. We want ownership in our black and brown communities. We want them to be able to reap the benefits of economic gains. And what this commercial property development fund does is it helps bridge the gap. If you're a few hundred thousand away or whatever it is from ultimately purchasing a piece of property, we can help. We can help get you set up so that you not just own your own business, but you own the land beneath. And that's a really critical part. And by the way, it's also that's also a big piece of, of, of building generational wealth, right. intergenerational wealth, is making sure that you can you're, you own real estate. So as the the private part of this has stepped up to the plate, as you thought, in the different foundations to make the funding available for the second round, or uh, is the city going to have to go into its coffers to help to make this a reality for business owners who really need the money? Well, we are actually undergoing fundraising right now, and I, I can't give you any announcements yet, but we are optimistic uh, that we'll be getting some of the private foundations to step up and, and help a whole lot. Uh and so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. And Council Vice President Jenkins and I have been, have been working on the Minneapolis Forward, a Community Now Coalition as well, which is, is helping to not just recover following COVID-19 and the unrest after George Floyd's killing, but like transform. We need transformation now. We need to do things differently than we've ever done before. And, and this coalition that's been doing some really phenomenal work has set forth a series of recommendations that puts us on the right track to getting there. 
Well, can you talk about the, the systems in our community that causes people to have to live on the street in the different encampments? Mm-hmm. We saw one break up the other day over in the city's south side, mm-hmm. but there are like 40 different spots around the city of Minneapolis and even between the street. Right. What's happening that's causing this, and what can we do to prevent these from going on in the future? There's a confluence of different factors that, that, that cause this, ranging from a lack of deeply affordable housing um, to an economic downturn and people losing their jobs, um, to a cycle of addiction. I mean, all of these things obviously can play into the, what people are experiencing in terms of unsheltered homelessness. And I think it's incumbent on us at the city to, to help to step up. And so right now we're, we're funding uh, three new shelters that will be hopefully going in here uh, in, in, in the coming year or so. Uh, we're making sure to, to allocate even more money on an ongoing basis. In fact, a record amount of ongoing money to affordable housing, uh, which is something that we can, is, is, is traditionally in the city's ballywick. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it is a crisis and, and it was a crisis, by the way, before COVID-19 hit. Uh, and so when people are losing their jobs and they don't have as much money in their pockets, yeah, that has an impact on their ability to pay rent. Let's be real. That is real. And we apologize for so many topics, but it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk to you. There's so many things we want to cover with no, you. No, I'm impressed. Morning. I'm impressed. This is a this is a detailed interview, and you all are, are giving the, the listeners a great dose right now. So thank you. All right, let's, let's go on to something that's really, really important here. So how much sleep are you getting a night now that you've got a new edition as of <laughs> September 16th? Are, are you getting more than two or three hours of sleep? You know, I, I, I am. I was Sarah and I were, were commenting on, you know, this has been a this has been a, a very difficult summer and I'm certainly getting more sleep than I was a few months ago. Uh, really? Uh, is this summer was. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not well, who's I'm not up? sleeping. Who's getting up or, for the for the baby? That's well, the question. so <laughs> we we ha- kind of have it worked out, you know. Obviously, she she does the feeding, but I I do the diapers, mm-hmm. uh, and so I am on diaper duty pretty much uh, permanently. And you know, I, I also want to make sure I'm helping out her wherever I can. But you know, if, if somebody asked me the other day if they could if they, if I could give them any pointers as to fathering, and the answer is no. You know, I mean. I, I, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing with respect to fathering, but, you know, I, I show up. I show up every day, and, and, I, and I think that's kind of the important piece. You know, uh, th- I have to, I'm, I'm really concerned about this because that sounded so much like a political response uh, that you do the diapers. That sounds like 100% of the time. And I'm sorry, uh, Jacob Fry, I don't, believe yeah. that. I don't believe that. Yeah, you know, it's a fair call out. I, I, that, that, that was a bit of an exaggeration right, right exactly. there. But, but I'm getting quick. I, I got to tell you, uh, no, I have not done them 100% of the time, but, but I, I am getting quite quick. Uh, you know, I, I've, I'm learning to, you know, hold both legs with one hand and, you know, you do the whole Velcro thing real fast or whatever. It's, All right. I know you you know, got, it works. I know you got a couple of them on backwards by now, but that's okay. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, <laughs> you, you know me too well, Chantel. So the baby's name is Frida or is it Frida? It's Frida. The Frida. baby's name is Frida, is, is Frida Jade. Ah, that's uh, yeah. That that is that is her name. It it was uh, uh, Sarah was a is a was a big fan of, of. We're both big fans of the name. Um, we we 
we felt like it, it worked well for us. And so, yeah, like um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's an important thing, naming naming a baby, right? It's just like they're going to have this name for the rest of their lives. Right. And, uh, uh, and there's a lot of landmines to avoid, uh, obviously, but... Uh, no, we're we're thrilled on the whole. Well, okay. Freddie, you said it. You asked if it was Frida, but then if you think about it, it would have been Frida Jade Fry. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. It is. <laughs> you still got you got you still got some alliteration there. Sarah is a fan of, of of alliteration. Also, she's a fan of Frida Kahlo, the um, oh. the artist in, in in Mexico. So. Wow. Um, and and in the uh, in the in the Jewish tradition, uh, you name. You, you don't. You can't name. You don't see juniors in the Jewish tradition. You okay. can't name someone until name someone name a baby after a relative until that relative is dead. I see. Uh, and once the relative is dead, then you, you you can use the first letter. So if if you had we had a Fred Fry for instance, and so Frida Fry could be after him. <laughs> we had a, a, you know a Jerry and Adele. Goldstein on my mother's side, and so Jade can kind of be after them. And so you you try and work it out to please the family. You know, I mean, family politics are tough, but uh, mm-hmm. but you know, you get through. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations on the new addition to both you and Sarah. And I know that this uh, young lady will bring a lot of joy into your lives for years and years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I, I can't I, wait for you guys to meet her. I would like for that. I will just recommend ahead of time the second one. Just, I mean, Chantel is a really good name. So if you, yes, want, it is. If you felt like you wanted to name the, the next baby Chantel, well, I'm I, fine I, I'll, with I'll that. have to. I'll have to get Sarah on the line soon here, and you yeah. can make the pitch directly to her at some point. Okay. <laughs> All right. All I right. like that. Chantel Freddie Fry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here you go. <laughs> wow. Mayor, I can't thank you enough for being with us, spending some time with us. And uh, the, it's been too long. We need to uh, bridge the gap a little bit better so that we can stay abreast of the issues uh, concerning your city. We call you the, the nation's mayor for all that you've uh, had, to do, had to do uh, since uh, the beginning of the year with the virus and the unrest in the communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to stay a little bit closer with you. But thank you for being with us this morning. Love to come on anytime, Freddie. Would love to come on. And I should have said, you know, if, if Frida was just named after you, that's what I should have said. There you go. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Next time. <laughs> All right. Thank you so Mayor much. Mayor Jacob Fry, thank you for being with us. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Good try. <laughs> Chantel Freddie Fry. Yeah. I know. I like that. I think it's a possibility. Larry Fitzgerald's on the line. We got to get him up next. It's 827. This is Freddie and Chantel. Hey, in. On KMOJ.